Billboard, baby, do a leap and make them dance when it come on. Everybody looking for a dance floor to run on. Hey y'all, welcome back, Living the Good Life Show. Great segment there with uh, Dwight Hicks, talking 49ers. Someone who definitely knew how to hit someone. It's always refreshing when uh, you know you talk to someone and their goal was to, at the time, take someone's head off. Things have changed since uh, the 80s, let's just say. But anyhow, welcome back. We've got Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast with us yet again. How's it going, man? Oh, the Giants are still playing football in the national fo- I mean, we're not talking about firing coaches. We're not talking about should we fire the, the coach. We're not yeah. talking about firing GMs. It's it's a great time to be alive. Happy New Year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, that's funny, too, because there's, you know, at the end of the every season, at least the last decade, it's been like, well, not only has it been kind of depressing if you're a Giants fan, but... There's always been like question marks, you know, who's coaching us next year? Uh, did he do a good job? Gosh, we don't really have enough receivers or, uh, you know, what's going to go on with Saquon? Is he going to be healthy? Not anymore. It seems like things are really coming together um, as a franchise. And, you know, I don't know. It's just it's it's going in the right direction. I mean, what's your opinion with the Giants? I mean, you have coordinators being asked to interview for other jobs. Uh, that's always a positive. Yeah. Uh, you you have, uh, like, The Athletic put out a, a fluff piece about how Dable, like, took took unconventional methods to bring together an all-star group of coaches. Just you're having all of this stuff happen that just yeah. doesn't happen with the Giants typically. And, and I think some of it is obviously Dable, smart, bringing in smart guys, uh, treating the players like humans, like a lot of like just cor- course correction. I also think you're seeing ownership. Mm-hmm. John Merritt got to a point. He was done being embarrassed. He was done losing to these other owners. He was done having to deal with the questions of yeah. why his franchise has the fewest wins in the league over the last five years. So I think it's a combination of both. I think the, the organization was committed to change, and I think they found the perfect guy for the change. So as a as a fan, it's it's beautiful. I can't tell you the last time I felt so confident knowing the coaches would bring a good game plan, knowing yeah. that if they got down, they would have a chance. They have a chance to get – it just – as a fan, you just like to see intelligent activity going on. I mean, Gettleman was that bad. We, we, were, we were hoping for just, you know, average intelligence, and we stumbled into what looks to be football genius. 100%. I, I, I mean, how could he not get coach of the year? I think that you know, people – the Coach of the Year award is a very interesting award. Now, I think the fact that he coaches in New York is huge. I think the fact that he coaches a team that people are now somewhat objectively agreeing that, hey, what he did with these players is pretty remarkable. That Not a lot changed. I mean, if anything, you could argue Giants offenses of years past under Garrett and Pat Shermer, yeah. they had better talent, and they weren't able to get the most out of it. So seeing a coach come in – you know, whether you believe or not the training camp tests, he seems to want to – he wanted to give the guys on a roster a legit shot. He found the guys that were useful. And then the front office, unlike years past, they, mm-hmm. they continued to grind 
the waiver wire, basically. They were adding players throughout the year. Think about it. We could have uh, Gerard Davis, former first-round pick from the Detroit Lions, who was picked up a month ago. He could be playing meaningful snaps in the playoffs. We have Isaiah Hodgins, who was picked up in October off of waiver, off of a practice squad, actually, from the Bills. Again, like, this yeah. is not stuff the Giants did in the past. So, again, like, kind of looping back to that organizational change. It's it, You just see it all happening. And, and yeah, like, that, that brews confidence. And culture is built on confidence. So, I'm, I'm so excited to have a rematch with the Vikings. You know, and speaking of the, uh, today's games, um, now that it's Sunday, Giants, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals, um, and then you've got, of course, on Monday, the Cowboys and Bucks, which I want to talk about all three going forward today. Um, you know, starting obviously with the Giants, there's a lot on the line, not only because, um, you know, it's a, there's a lot on the line for every team. You either win or you lose and you're out. But, you know, this is a revenge game at the end of the day, right? And and the way we lost, we <laughs> lost to uh, to the Vikings a few weeks ago. I mean, not long ago, by a field goal. That as that is so painful as a Giants fan. That has happened to us too many times. Now the game plan. I don't know. Brian Dable's kind of keeping this to himself right now. But you know, from an outsider looking in, what do you think they have to do to win this game? Well, I think a couple things, too. I think, you know, we were getting word inside the organization. Uh, in retrospect, unfortunately, it didn't we, we were able to cover the Giants against the Eagles last week. But we found out that they've been studying the Vikings uh, since the end of their Week 17 game, basically. And I think for me, what I expect is I, I expect two things. One, I expect a very different approach on defense. Mm. I think this defense came away from that game and Wink Martindale came away from that game. People were kind of wondering, hey, why did you blitz in that big moment and give up that screen pass? Like people focusing on the micro. So I think there's definitely a little bit of a, a chip on the defense's shoulder. I also think, you know, we saw how good this front four was in that game when they were all healthy, but it was only like eight snaps. To me, that, that's the story of the game. The defensive changes, the defensive chip on the shoulder, combined with the fact that our – we had Brandon Jacobs on the show earlier this week, and he did. did uh, he honor he honored me with being able to say we as well. Uh, so our defensive front four reminding us of the of, of runs of past. They can win in this game. They have a very nice matchup of, of, against a bunch of subpar starters and some backups. And I think to, to you flip it flip it to the other side. I, a lot of people are going to say Saquon Barkley is the key. I think we're going to see adjustments off of that first game. First game, 42 pass attempts for Dan Jones. Completed 30 of them, threw for over 300 yards. Excellent game through the air, but he had very few rushing attempts. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see Saquon Barkley used early, but it's going to be to set up some of these RPOs, some okay. of these run options for Dan Jones, and I would not be surprised. Fun little way to bet this game. Dan Jones has the most rushing yards. You can bet that at 10-1 to 1 right now. I think they, they roll it all out, and I Ooh. think that what they saw is they saw a defense that wasn't always committed to tackle. And so I, I think the offensive line feels like they want that revenge and they can beat them up front. I think our defensive line feels like they can beat them up front. So to me, if you want to simplify it, I think it's it's Dan Jones's legs and our front four's aggression against that offensive line. I love it. And the fact, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is, is this the first game where we have pretty much every all-star, if you will, on the defensive side playing? 
Yeah, like I said, they, they played seven snaps together, uh, the defensive front in that Vikings game, and yeah. then Ojolari got hurt. Also, you as you're noting, uh, Xavier McKinney back, he could help shadow Hawkinson and yeah. make some trouble there. Yeah. Uh, if you go back and watch the film, a lot of Hawkinson's damage was quick stuff over the middle. And then Justin Jefferson. We didn't have a Dory Jackson. Mm-mm. Justin Jefferson did not do a lot of work in that game outside of the fourth quarter. Again, if we now have someone who can match Justin Jefferson, yeah. still expect some help over the top. But, you know, two two very key aspects of this defense are back. And, again, I think just, you know, I, I coach youth, youth sports. There's yeah. times where you're just like, you know what, that team's better than us. And there's times you lose t- to teams that you're like, boy, I wish I could see them again. 100%. And I think that's how the Giants felt as soon as that game ended because the, you, you forget the Daniel Bellinger fumble, the Richie James drop, the Isaiah Hodgins trip that led to an interception. There were all these random things that happened in this game, and, and it still took a 61-yard field goal yeah. for the Vikings to win. So, yeah, I'm, ve- I'm very excited because you can kind of sense it in the interviews. This team feels like we wanted this rematch, we got this rematch, now let's go. As much as I love my uh, our offense, uh, I'm really rooting for Wink Martindale and and that uh, defense, Big Blue, is going to bring it home. Uh, the Bengals and the Ravens, you know, this is almost like, I don't know what's going on in Baltimore, but I don't know if Lamar is going to be there next year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they could easily trade away, and I, I don't know. There's a lot of things in my mind right now that are going all over the place, but he's not that healthy, and when he is, he's phenomenal. Obviously, when he's playing, the team's perfect almost. But he hasn't played in a while, and I don't know when he's going to play. Is, is, are there any reports that he's playing? Well, and I think what we're seeing here, to your point, is we've been joking all season saying Lamar Jackson's agent, Lamar Jackson, but perhaps is having him hold out here at the end of the season. But you're you're clearly seeing negotiatings playing out through the media okay. through injury. Uh, so let's 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 walk back when when Lamar Jackson first gets injured. One to three week timetable is what the team said in public. Yeah. Now it's coming out. Lamar Jackson himself kind of published a note yesterday that was more or less, hey, I'm not going to play, and here's why. And the injury is much more severe. Most of these, these, these Twitter doctors out there are suggesting yeah. that this, this injury would put him out. And, and he shouldn't be playing right now. So, to me, I wonder, was this the organization trying to expose him and get him to play through some injury because they didn't believe he was actually this hurt? Obviously, their doctors probably should have seen that. Was this Lamar Jackson erring on the side of ver- being very, very cautious? Yeah. I, I think all of these lead to a bad relationship to this this organization. Now, they can just franchise him. That, that There is that unfortunate lever where they can say, we don't care what you think. We're going to keep control of you. But, boy, if you jump into the Reddit streets, there are a lot of rumors, a lot of smoke about him being tied to potentially going down to Florida, Miami, where he's from. Uh, you know, where where there could be some Sean Payton, Lamar Jackson coordination efforts going on here. Could they both end up on the same team? Yeah, uh, I I think I would have told you at the beginning. You love of the stirring this crap up, dude. I love this. It, well, I, you know what? It, it's funny when you when you cover the NFL and you're in it so much. There is this layer of rumorville that you can't help but your but but poke your head in because occasionally things are true, right? Yeah. We 
I'll give you an example. That tampering stuff with Miami, we were hearing about that in real time, and it completely just disappeared. A year and a half later, what happens? They get hit with a first-round uh, penalty. So, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. think I think there, there was a 0% chance before the season. If you asked me, I would have said Lamar Jackson's on a different team because you don't let guys like that walk. You don't let – like he's still a legit top five quarterback to me. He, in terms of what he changes for that team this season. Now what's transpired, honestly, I think there's a, I would put it now close, much closer to a coin flip that if they don't franchise him, I think he's going to be on another team. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling that too. And I actually think Cincinnati wins this game pretty easily. Um, here's the, the game. I think that people are really questioning, uh, going back and forth, I think it could go either way, but I'd love to get your opinion on Monday Night Football where Tom Brady doesn't lose against the Cowboys and um, it happens to be at home for the Bucks. I don't know how much that helps, um, you know, with a victory for them, but I don't know. Cowboys seem to be, in my opinion, actually a lot of people's opinion, including Stephen A. Smith, but it just seems like... They are not showing up till way later. Like, I'm talking third, sometimes fourth quarter. And you look at the team, and I hate to do it, but I like to give them a little bit more compliment than not. They have a good team. It's not a bad team. It's a pretty good team. And they should be a lot better than what they're showing us, especially early on. It almost makes you wonder uh, what's the problem down there. I mean, we we discussed this like a month and a half ago. It's like wow. Uh, after that, maybe maybe it was the um, the fifty four point uh, performance against the Colts. We we were talking about like boy, seems like this team might be peaking a little early, and then they barely beat the Texans the next week. Yeah, and then since then, lost to the Jags, barely beat Gardner Minshew, backup quarterback for the Eagles. I mean, it was Barely. a 27-13 game against the Titans, but you remember that game. The Titans with Josh Dobbs were hanging around, <laughs> and then they get completely waxed in a game yeah. they tried to win against division rival Washington. And specifically the way that the Cowboys were getting beat on defense is the same way that Todd Bowles and that defense will attack them. It's the same thing that Todd Bowles loves to do. And boy, you know, Dak Prescott, he missed, what, five games this year? And he still was able to secure a tie for the lead in interceptions of all the quarterbacks in the league. And if you watch that game last week, I'm going to zoom into a very micro take here. He almost throws an interception. We got, of course, in the Sports Gambling Podcast headquarters, we got a wall with eight TVs. We got all the games on. We're we noticed it like, oh, man, Dak almost threw a pick six. That's hilarious. Eyes are still trained to that game. He goes right back to the well. More pressure up the middle. Throws the same exact mistake, and it gets taken back to the house. Not only do I love the Buccaneers here, because obviously, like you mentioned, Tom Brady 7-0, and but I really like Todd Bowles and that defense's matchup here against the quarterback that can't help but make some mistakes. You're going to give me points here. I love taking the Bucks on the money line. Give me them in a teaser. I'll tease them up to 8.5. And, a half. and the, the, the bet I really like to make on this one Ties back to that Dak Prescott angle. Give me the Bucks to score a defensive touchdown. You can get this bet between six and seven to one. And I, I'll tell you right now, I, I just, you watch Dak play. He is just giving the ball away. And now the pressure is going to ratchet up. Obviously, I'm a Giants fan, Cowboys hater, full disclosure. But 
this is this is not a great matchup for them. And the, the last thing I'll sprinkle in here, as much as people are talking about Tom Brady and how he's undefeated against the Cowboys, they're also talking about how Tom Brady's been bad this year. Yeah. His team won more game or won less games than they they lost. Mm-hmm. And so, and honestly, as a gambler, as a as a season better, when when you see a number like this in the playoffs, home dog plus two and a half, it tells you everything you need to know. The market is is getting pressure. But they they know they can't go back to three because people will crush the they'll take the Bucks bet and so it's going to sit at two and a half. It's yeah. probably going to sit at two and a half until the weekend. And honestly, I would not be surprised if we see this flip around to be a Bucks favorite. I, yeah, are the I'm like just I can't even believe it's hard. I'm, it's hard to to back it out because the Bucks have been so bad lately. Yeah, but this Cowboys team legit peaked too early. And and you're if you're if you're taking the Cowboys in this matchup, what you're saying is, hey, their defense is going to be able to shut down the receivers of the Bucks, and on offense they're going to be able to run the ball. The Bucks do one thing really well on defense; they stop the run still. And so you're you're basically saying I have to trust Dak to beat them with their with his arm. Uh, happily bet against Dak at this point yeah. in the season. You know, um, yeah, and also, you know, look, at at the end of the day, you look at, I mean, Tom Brady beat his record last year, you know, as far as what completions are concerned. The fact, look, at the team didn't look that good this season, but you, if you if you want to analyze each individual game that the Bucks played, there is there there there's a bunch of good stuff that happened I think for the Buccaneers. Are they the same team, you know, when they won the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Um but I definitely think that they can exploit the the Cowboys like you said and you know, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. I don't know. Uh wouldn't it be great? Is it a possibility for our G-men to play the Cowboys in an a- NFC championship? Anything's possible. We're, we're gonna need we're gonna need losses by all of the division. Right, like we would essentially need the, all the division leaders to be losing, uh, and it would be hosted in Dallas, of yeah. course, which would uh, going back to the scene of the crime. Honestly, as a Giants fan, if I'm breaking down every team in the playoffs and I'm kind of ranking them teams I don't want to see, I think I'd put the Cowboys number one. I, I really do. I think the Cowboys have have a matchup advantage against the Giants in that, like, their ability to run the ball versus mm-hmm. the Giants' linebacking core is just not great. That being said, there would be nothing sweeter than – I mean, I just remember back to that 2007 run, three to one underdogs heading to Dallas, and after Monty Toomer catches that pass, gets around the corner, takes it to the house, it yeah. just felt like, oh, yeah, nothing better than beating the Cowboys in the postseason. Honestly, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that scenario, but that would be absolutely excellent. Yeah, I, get, I, I agree 100%. You know, at the end of the day, and we got to probably go to break soon, uh, but I will tell you this, uh, or actually I'll, I'd like to ask your opinion on um, what really impressed you the most from this season is it you know something like you know uh first year coaches having great success getting into the playoffs you look at you know peterson or you look at dable and you look at some of the other cats mcdaniel uh first you know year with the teams and look what they've done i mean i feel like it's been a coach's year yeah i mean i think what you're seeing too is i think you're seeing the it's it's like progressive coaching it's it's somewhere between being that soft players coach that we used to make fun of Wade Phillips for being and being Bill Parcells. 
uh, the, the old school coaching doesn't work anymore. You're even hearing rumblings coming out of New England that, you know, the locker room is behind Mac Jones and they're not liking what how Bill Belichick's treating him. And it's like, that's not stuff we used to hear about. And so, yeah, yeah I think it's, it's super cool to see this progressive style of leadership coming into the NFL, a traditionally, like, very slow to change, like, it is what it is kind of world. And it's great to see that it's it's showing success because, you know, it's no different than your job, right? If you're happy, if your boss is cool, if they're listening to your ideas so everyone can win together, everyone's going to be happier to come to work. They're going to work a little harder. And so I think in general, like, that, like to me, if you ask me what's the difference with these new coaches, I think that's it. I think you, I, we've heard Wink Martindale say, he's like, hey, this, this, this is a different situation. You know, like I, I came to the interview in a Hawaiian shirt. You know, yeah. this is like he's truly giving us the autonomy <laughs> we need. And so I, I – I think in general, like when you have, you're a defensive coordinator and your head coach is like, it's your business. Go, go take care of it. You know, like we'll have conversations, but do your thing. And, and that's the, that's the common thread, right? That's the common thread with all of these young guys. Now, obviously sometimes you get a Cliff Kingsbury in there and he doesn't quite know how to do it. And so we're going to see teams get fooled, but I think the teams that are hiring coaches that have come from organizations that do it the right way. And they're kind of sprinkling in this youthful, like we want to respect our players. We want to, you know, our players are part of this too. And we want to understand what they're thinking. Like, I, I think that's my big takeaway. And so, yeah, it's cool to see it happen, which, cause it means we're going to see some of the, the, some of these old dinosaur coaches that we love to hate, uh, slowly retire yeah. and leave the league. I think. Great talking as always enjoy Sunday and Monday. Um, man, Actually, some just great games. I'm looking forward to it. Wild Card Weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Again, find Ryan and Sean, the Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, all over the place. Uh, they do it right. Appreciate it, Ryan. Go Giants. There you go. Living that young life.